Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We are so excited to be with you today. I wanted to uh, read a scripture to you from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, starting at verse 14. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us to triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. Did you hear that? We are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So to one fragrance from death to death, and to another, a fragrance from life to life. What fragrance are you giving before the Father today? What fragrance, what smell are you sending up to God today? So when I say that this is the day that the Lord has made, God created us to bring him glory. God created us to, to worship and honor him. He created us for relationship. He created us to uh, bring his kingdom from heaven into this earth. So to this day, we offer the aroma and the fragrance of Jesus Christ, of knowing that he is our redeemer, of knowing that he is our savior, of knowing that through him we triumph. Through him, he leads us to victory. So today I say, lift up your bow down heads. Yes, there is a turmoil going on all around the world. Yes, there is hatred that's loose and it's running rampant. Yes, there is uh, injustice and injustice all around us. But this is the day that the Lord has made. And through Jesus Christ, we triumph. So Father, this day we give your name glory, honor, and praise. We thank you, Lord, that you have chosen us to have a relationship with you. You have chosen us to be your ambassadors in this earth. So, Lord God, we come to you right now with grateful hearts, with humbled hearts, with hearts that are bowed down before you, knowing that you are the king of all kings and that you are God of all gods, that there is none beside you, there is none like you, there is none that can even compare to you. And we're calling upon your name today, Lord. We need you in a mighty way. Our nation needs you to rain upon us. Our nation needs you to blow a fresh wind upon us. Our nation needs you, Lord God, to send your justice, to send your peace, Lord God, to let your love reign and, and rule and have its way, Lord. So Father, we're coming with our hearts bowed. We're coming with a circumcised heart before you, knowing that you are the only way, the truth and the life. And Lord, we need you today. We need you like never before. And we worship you today. And we worship you like never before because we know that you are the answer. So Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I'm praying that you would uh, lead your people. Show us how to allow your love to shed abroad. Show us how to allow your peace to take rule and reign, Lord God. Show us how to walk in the spirit and not uh, be, uh, uh, not be uh, uh, confused or, or, or distracted by the things that are going on around us, Lord God. There's some evil and heavy and dark things that are going on, but Father, you are the light. So we're looking to you, Lord God for our direction. We're looking to you for our strength. We're looking to you, Lord God, for our uh, um, uh, provision, Lord God. It is all in you and you alone. And Father, we're gonna be mindful of our posture. We're gonna be mindful of our life. We're gonna be mindful of the words that come from our, our mouth. We're gonna be mindful of how we're feeling, Lord God, because we want to offer you a sweet smelling aroma. We want to remind you that you gave your son, Jesus Christ, for us yes. and that we were worth it. So, Father, let us live a life that's worth it unto you. 
in the name of Jesus. And because you gave your son, you will see to your people. You will see to it. You are a God that sees to it. So you will see about us. You yes. care about our needs. Yes. We cast our cares upon you right now, Lord God. Yes. And we look to the hills from which cometh our help. Yes. We know it comes from you and you alone. Father, we thank you. Bless your people out Hallelujah. in uh, the cyber land. Bless them, Lord. Jesus. Keep them like never before. Strengthen them like never before, Lord God. We lift our heads unto you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you. And I praise you. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. As she said, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we are going to rejoice and be glad in it. But before I get started, I do have some good gospel news. Next Sunday, weather permitting, we are going to have a drive-in service at Liberty Church at 2828 West Flint Street, and it will begin at 11 a.m. There won't be any Sunday school, and all social distancing protocol protocols will be in place. So tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell church members that you know and, and visitors that need a place to come and worship. Next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, we're going to have a drive-in service. I'm calling it Pull Up and Pull In. We're going to let God do what he does. Amen. I look forward to seeing all of you there. Now, as you are aware, we have moved into phase four. But I want to point out that we are facing two pandemics as a people. We have the pandemic of the coronavirus and the pandemic of racism. I need to remind you that the coronavirus has not gone anywhere. We may have quit it, but it has definitely not quit us. So I still uh, say you need to be vigilant. You need to maintain social distancing. You need to wear your mask. You need to wash your hands. And I'm still in, I'm somewhere in between phase one and phase two. I'm only going to the essential places because it's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. Now, the pandemic of racism, I'm going to say this, is this. It's not just based on the color of someone's skin. The pandemic of racism, its foundation is a system that has been put in place and built upon to keep a certain part of the community oppressed. Racism is not just about skin color. That's prejudice. Racism is a system that's put in place to keep a certain sect of the community oppressed. But I need to remind you of this, that as we continue to move through the perils of this perilous time, we are not alone as believers. We got angels. I have angels. You have angels. And not only do we have them, you need them. Not only do you have them, you need them. Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 19 said this. He said, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, Paul was talking about his material needs, etc. But one thing I discovered as I was thinking about our teaching today is God supplied a need for himself that is a benefit for us. God supplied a need uh, for himself that is a benefit for us because there is an order of celestial beings which occupy a position that is distinct from God and that is distinct from us. There's an order of celestial beings, the angels, who, are, who occupy a position that is distinct from God and also distinct from us. An order that is far below the Godhead, but is above fallen man. As one scholar says, God is the all-presiding, all-pervading, uncreated spirit, and between him and a man there lies an intermediate realm. 
inhabited by, an high, by a higher order of intelligences, neither pure spirit like God nor physically constituted as man. They are called angels because they appear in scripture as messengers of God to man. Okay? They appear in scripture as messengers to God, of God to man. Now, another scholar said, with lightning speed and noiseless movement, they pass from place to place. They inhabit the spaces of the air above us. Some we know to be concerned with our welfare, but there are others set for our harm. Now, the inspired writers draw aside the curtain and give us a glimpse of this invisible world in order that we may be both encouraged and warned. You got angels. Let's go to Exodus chapter 23. That's where we're going to begin. Exodus chapter 23, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Now, let me set some context about Exodus. Exodus is a continuation of Genesis because in Exodus, we see the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham to make him a great nation, the nation of Israel. Now, to accomplish this, God brought the people of Israel, Abraham's biological descendants, out from bondage, out from the bondage of Egypt through the deliverance by using, through deliverance by using Moses, and he also used the plagues that Moses called down on the Egyptians. Exodus shows us how God kept Pharaoh from continuing to oppress the Israelites and from destroying them. Could it be that what's going on now is being used by God so that he can get those who are oppressing us who are trying to destroy us to reimagine or reform the system. Hmm. Could it be? And while we're going through this reformation, God has given, a, given us as believers his angels to help guide us, to help lead us, to help get messages from God and also to protect us. Angels are God's holy messengers that were created by him for us. They are God's holy angels. Angels are, are God's holy messengers that were created by him for us. Now, in this chapter of Exodus, in verse 14, we're not going to read all of it, but uh, it calls from verse 14, three times thou shalt call a feast unto me, talking about God in the year, and you shall keep the feast of unleavened bread in verse 15. In verse 16, it says, and the feast of the harvest, the first, first fruit of thy labors, which is in verse 16, and the feast of ingathering, which is at the end of the year. And in verse 17, it says, three times in the year, all thy males shall appear before the Lord God, and then drop down the first 20. It says this, behold, and I'll say this, if you do all that, this is what God is going to do. He said in verse 20, behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into a place which I have prepared. Chapter 23, starting at verse 20. And verse 21 says, Beware of him, obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. Talking about the angels. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then will I be an enemy unto thine enemy and an adversary unto thine adversaries, or another translation says this, I will oppose those who oppose you. Verse 23 says, For mine angel shall or will go before thee and bring thee into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites 
and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Or another translation says, De destroy them completely. This specific angel was most likely a manifestation of God. God is not present in all angels in this way, but this was a specific angel for this specific time, for this specific season in the children of Israel's life. I'll tell you this. God has assigned specific angels to you in specific moments, in specific season, at specific times in your life as well. God chose to make himself known in this special way for a special purpose. God was in this angel in the same way he was present in the pillars of clouds and fire, if you read Exodus a little bit earlier. Now, look at verse 21 again, and I'm, I'm going to say it in a, another translation. It says this, pay close attention to him and obey his instructions. Do not rebel against him, for he is my representative and he will not forgive your rebellion. That's what he says. He is my representative means this. It means that he is the essential nature and power of God. And because he is the essential power and nature of God, that nature was in this angel to go before you to destroy the enemy for the children of Israel. The Bible was not written to you, it was written for you. Amen? Speculation about the nature of angels has been around since the beginning of time and continues down to this present time. Now, today we are going to look at why we believe what we believe about angels. Now, theologians through the ages have universally agreed about the importance of angelology Angelology, which is, the, which is the orderly statement of biblical truth about angels. Now, the Hebrew word for angel is malach, which is spelled M-A-L-A-C-H. That means messenger. It means ambassador. It means someone dispatched to do a task or relay a message. Specifically, an angel or a heavenly message from the messenger, from the Lord. Now, the Greek word for angel is angelos, which also means messenger as well. In the New Testament, the word has the special sense of a spiritual, heavenly personage attendant upon God. In other words, he attends to God, but he also attends to man. And he functions, or an angel functions, as a messenger from the Lord to execute his purposes, and to make them known to us. Angels are invisibly present in the assemblies of believers and are appointed by God to minister to his believers. The holy angels are messengers of God, while fallen angels or demons are messengers of Satan. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 that Satan is the God, small g, of this world. Holy angels are God's messengers whose chief business is to carry out his orders in the earth. The name does not denote their nature, but it denotes their office as messenger whom God employs in carrying on his government in the world. So if you want to establish the kingdom of God in the earth, God not only uses God the Holy Spirit, but he also uses the angels to bring us messages so that we can establish the kingdom of God in the earth, not the kingdom of heaven, which is some distant place, but the kingdom of God in the earth right here, right now, in the midst of the pandemic of coronavirus, in the midst of the pandemic of racism, God has sent his angels as special, special messengers to his believers. You got angels. He, he, he designated them 
and he empowered them as holy deputies to perform works of righteousness. The, the holy angels belong to a uniquely di different dimension of creation that in our finite mind is hard to comprehend. But the reason the holy angels are not limited as we are, they have higher knowledge, power, and they have and mobility than we. In other words, they are smarter than we are. They have more power than us, and they can move in time, and they can move in eternity unlike us. Amen? Let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. You got angels. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. And 16. Now, this is talking about Jesus, but Jesus was there at the creation of angels. All right? Look at verse 15. It says, and this is talking about Jesus, and another translation says, translates who to Christ is the image or the visible image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven or in the heavenly realms talking about angels, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, or principalities, or powers, all things were created by him, and the last part of it says, and what? For him, or through him. Now there are several, there were several misconceptions in the Colossian church. If you have the wrong concept, it will lead you to misconceptions. In the Colossians church, they had false teachers who believed that the physical world was evil and they thought God himself could not have created him. Created it. That's a religion. We also forget that we, and, and, and with that, I need to tell you this, because some people uh, forget this, but we live in a fallen world. And the things that are going on, the evil things that are going on, is the result of us living in a fallen world. As believers, even though we are created by God to establish the kingdom of God in the earth, there will never be a zero-sum game as long as we're operating in time. Because of everything that's going on in the earth, as a believer, we should not just get caught up in the sadness of it. We should get caught up in the excitement of it. Because as these things transpire, the Bible is being lived out right in front of us. And it's telling us as believers that Jesus is on his way back. So don't get so caught up in the mess of this world that you forget that Jesus is coming back for his church. Not a building. His church is you as a believer. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is coming back for you. And he's coming back for me. So hold on, little darling. Hold on. All, everything that's going on has to go on to usher in his return. So praise God for that. I, it don't feel good, no. You ain't going to like it, no. However, I say hallelujah because each day it comes closer to him returning. Mm. And I pray for you that, like me, that he don't catch us with our work undone. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, these Colossian teachers reason that if Jesus was God, he would, not only, he would only be in charge of the spiritual world. But Paul explained that all the thrones, the kingdoms, rulers, and authorities, both spiritual and physical, were created by and are under the authority 
of Christ himself. You haven't forget it that when Christ rose, he said, all power is given unto me or all authority is given unto me. This includes not only government, but also the spiritual world that the heretics were so concerned about. Let me say this. Jesus has no equal and he has no rival. He is Lord of all, and that includes angels, and that includes demons. Praise God. Let me say this. Do not believe everything you hear, read, or see, especially in the movies, about God's holy angels. Hollywood portrays them as from being fat little babies on clouds, to having bows and arrows on Valentine's Day, to evil creatures in horror movies. The Bible tells us that angels just like us were created by God himself, just as we read. Amen. Let's go to Psalm 104. Psalm 104. You got angels, and they were created by God, just like everything else was created by God. Psalm 104, and we're going to begin at verse 1. Psalm 104, and we're going to begin at verse 1. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God. Thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty, who coverest thyself with light as with garments, who stretchest out the heavens, like a curtain, who layeth the beams of his chambers into the waters, who maketh the clouds of his chariot, and who maketh the clouds his chariot, who make who walketh upon the wings of the wind, who maketh his angel spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. Now God's holy angels can change their appearance and travel back and forth between heaven and earth. Angels, unlike humans, are not restricted to the time and space continuum. That is, they are physical and, and they are spiritual, but they are not confined to the laws of physics as we know them. They can be manifested physically, but they can be, but they don't, they are not limited by being physical. You understand what I'm saying? As we read in Colossians, they were created by him for you, and they were also, check this out, created prior to the creation of, of earth and the present order of things as the Bible describes them as being in God's presence at, our creation, at the creation of our world. Let's go to, let, me, let me go real quick to Genesis chapter 2. It's just popped in my spirit when I said that. And I just want to show you quickly. I think, wait a minute. Yeah, Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. What does that mean? That means everything in heaven and in earth had been created, and everything that God created was done by Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, including the angels. Angels, like us, were created with a free will as evidenced by the capacity of Lucifer and the angelic host of heaven to rebel. Angels have supernatural discernment, they have wisdom, and they have supernatural strength. And according to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2 in the New King James, you don't have to turn there, says this, do not forget to entertain, to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some unwittingly entertained angels. You got to be careful how you treat people. Hmm. They have the capacity to manifest themselves 
in physical form as God may, as God wills. As with all created beings, including Satan, angels do have limitations. Their knowledge and power are confined to what authority has been granted to them by God. They are not omnipotent. They can be omnipresent in a sense, but they are they, but they can't, but they are not all knowing anything they have. God gives that to them. Amen. Here's more on their nature. They are not to be worshipped. And so one exception, except for, and not really worship, but give praise to God, except for when God allows us to see them. But when we see them, we don't worship them. We worship God. Why? Because after we figure out that this is an angel that God sends, we thank God for what he has done for us. Because he didn't have to do it. He could have left us right where we are without the message that he needed to tell us or without the heads of protection that the angel provide for us. We don't worship the angel. We worship the God who created the angel. Mm. And I believe that children can see them because they are not that far removed from heaven when they were born. And I believe, and I've, I've witnessed this with Mila. When she, uh, when she was a little girl and my mother went to heaven, we took Mila in the room, and Mila was looking all around like she was seeing something. And she was smiling. And she was in awe of whatever it was that she was seeing. I believe that she was seeing angels, she was tracking it all around. Tracking it, them, or whatever, all around, and she was smiling. My mother died in 2007. Mila was born in 2006. So I believe with all my heart that Mila saw angels. And to some extent today, she sees angels in her room. Amen. Now, as I said, we shouldn't worship the angels. We should worship God who created the angels. Number two is this. They are a company, not a race. They are a company, not a race. Let's go to Revelation 22, I believe. Revelation 22. Never mind. Don't go there. I changed my mind. Let's keep on. They're a company and not a race. Angels were created at one time. There is no reproduction among them. Angels do not die. Thus, there is no increase or decrease in their numbers. Jesus made it plain that they do not marry. In Luke chapter 20, verse 34 through 36, it says this, And Jesus answering them said unto them, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain the world and the resurrection from the dead, talking about angels, neither marry nor are given in marriage, Neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. He was talking about people being resurrected, uh, believers. However, the key point I want to point out to, the, to you is this. Angels do not increase, and angels do not decrease. You got that? They do not increase, they do not decrease. And I said that to say this, and this is sometimes, it, even when I, when I was studying and, it, and they told, when I heard that, they don't increase or decrease. You know, people at times say, when you pass away, you become an angel. And I'll talk more about that later, I believe. However, that's just simply not true according to what the word says. Amen? So let's keep going. 
because I don't want to confuse you. They are a company. They are vast in number. They crisscrossed the Old and New Testament being mentioned almost 300 times between the two. Now let's go to Revelation. I'm sorry. Now let's go to Revelation. I was getting ahead of myself. Chapter 5 and verse 11. You got angels. They are vast in numbers. In other words, there are many of them. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. And it says this. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and of thousands. 10,000 times 10,000 is 100 million and thousands of thousands could not mean less than 4 million. So you have a minimum assigned to each, assigned to us, you have a minimum total of 104 million angels. A vast number. Angels are not your comforter. They don't convict you of sin, of righteousness, or judgment, because that's God, the Holy Spirit's job. They are specifically assigned to you that 100 Four million angels are assigned to you as divine protectors. Divine protectors, okay? Let's go to 2 Kings. Second Kings, you got angels. Second Kings, I just want to point out that this battle, this war that we're in, you're not alone. And when God says you got the host of heaven behind you, you got the host of heaven behind you. And I just want to stick into your spirit what that host encompasses and how many are behind you. When you feel alone, you are not alone. Amen? Second Kings chapter 6. And this is what that host of heaven will do. Chapter 6, verses starting at verse 14 through 17. And this is what that looks like. Therefore sent he thither horses, chariots, and, and, and the great host, and they came by night and compassed the city. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, master, how shall we do, or, or sir, what shall we do? And, 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 and he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17 says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, the servant, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What happened was an enemy had sent a number of men. And the servant was like, wait a minute, what are we going to do? Elisha was like, wait a minute, there are more with us. Than, than, than are against us. But he had to pray that the servant's eyes were open, just like I'm praying for you today. I pray that your eyes be open, that they are more with us than those that are against us. Satan only had a third of the angels, but we have that large number, vast number of three-quarters of the angels are with us, along with God the Holy Spirit, God the Son, and God the Father and the elders more are with us than are against us. Think of it. You've got multitudes of angels that are indescribably mighty performing the commands of heaven. More amazingly, even one angel is indescribable, indescribably mighty as though an extension from God. But think about the number we just said in Revelation. 
if you got one angel that looks like and is the extension of God's arm, think about all the other ones. Look what that arm looked like. Oh, my God. And the angels are better organized than the armies of Alexander the Great, Napoleon, or Eisenhower. The enemies of Jesus who attacked us would, const would, would be stopped in their tracks if we laid hold of this truth in our normal Christian life. Instead of us retreating, we go on the offense. Instead of us backing up, we stand in the victory that God has given us. Why? Because we got angels. God said he would fight for us. And he's going to use the whole host of heaven. And the part of that host is his holy angels. Your, your faith reveals that God is doing more for you than you ever can realize through sight alone. Don't walk by sight. You need to walk by faith. Amen? God has given us resources that we can't even see. And I'll tell you how I can prove it. That accident that Satan had scheduled for you, you avoided it and went an opposite way, not knowing why. God sent a messenger to you and said, go right, don't go left. Hmm. Think about it. God's holy angels are watching over you. You, what, you have to clear your spiritual eyesight. Get the clutter of the world out the way. And declare and decree, if God be for me, he is more than the world that is against me. Praise God. They're not only there for your protection, the angels work for you. Let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Y'all should know this one by heart. This one been, uh, comes up from time to time and has definitely been coming up during this pandemic. But I want to show you some important things about uh, Psalm 91. Verse 1 says, He that dwells or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Let's drop down to verse 11. It says, for he shall give or he will order his angels charge over you or to protect you, where, to keep you in all thy ways or wherever you go. Verse 12 says, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone, or they will hold you so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The most important characteristic of angels is not that they have power to exercise control over your life or that they are beautiful, but they are at work on your behalf. They are motivated by an inexhaustible love for God and are jealous and are zealous to see that the will of God in Jesus Christ is fulfilled in you. I strongly believe we have one or more guardian angels that are assigned to watch over each of us. Outside of the other angels, that, for lack of a better term, who I call the worker angels. You are covered. This guardianship possibly begins when we were babies because Matthew 18.10 says, see that, you look, see that you do not look down on one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven, that their face will always see the face of God. In other words, don't keep a child back. That's what Jesus was saying. Because the angels have their eye on those children. Think about it. This brings something up. Think of what we're doing to children in cages. You think God is not watching them? He just said that they, the angels are watching over the children. You will pay. Amen. I believe when we receive Jesus as our Savior, the angels we had as children resume their guardianship. In other words, they back off when we go out into the world. But until we come back to Jesus, 
And when we come back to Jesus, they get back employed. Mm, mm, mm. Look at Psalm 91, verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Since God has no feathers or wings, scholars believe that they are speaking of your guardian angel's wings, which protectively cover you to keep you from falling, from getting lost, or stumbling into unknown dangers in the unseen realm of the spirit. Lastly, this. They protect you, and they are watching over you. Let's go to Psalm 34. You got angels. Psalm 34. This is another familiar psalm. But I want to point these out to you. You got angels. Psalm 34, one, verse 1. I, and I just, when I got to reading it, I was like, well, I got to throw in all these verses, 1 through 7. <laughs> and really, I didn't want all of them, but I couldn't help it. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us, let his, let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord or I prayed to the Lord and he heard me or answered me and delivered or freed me from all my fears. Verse number five says they looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. Verse 6 says this poor man cried and the Lord heard or listened to him and saved him out of all his troubles. Verse 7 is where I'm going. The angel of the Lord encampeth or is a guard round about them that fear him. Talking about the Lord and delivereth them. Or another translation says for the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Though David was a mighty warrior, he was at the mercy of King Achish on this occasion. He was a mere poor man who only thing he could do at that moment was to cry out to God. And guess what? God saved him. Let me tell you this. Your weakness is not a liability when the Lord is your God. Let me say that again. Your weakness is not a liability when the Lord is your God. Those who fear him, those who give him the honor he deserves, need not to fear anything because the angel of the Lord will settle his battle encampment around you. If you are a believer in Jesus, you should be encouraged and you should be strengthened. God's holy messengers, the angels, are watching. They are protecting. They are guarding. And they are marking your path. They superintend the events of your life and protect the interests of the Lord. And they always promote his plans to bring about his highest will for you. Not only do you have them, you need them. In this day, you not only need to have angels, you not only have them, you, know, you need to know that you need them. That takes the scales off your eyes. And your angels will become employed. In other words, they will be dispatched on your behalf. Why? Because they, are, they were created by him for you. They are assigned to protect you. They are assigned to work for you. And they are assigned to watch over you. Praise God. You got angels. Don't ever forget that. You got angels. You got angels. You got angels. Let's pray. Father and God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for providing for us angels that that created for by you for us to protect us to work for us who are watching over us who has given 
who are giving us messages from you, Lord. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we repent right now for not recognizing all that you have given us, how you fight for us, how you defend us, how you lead us, how you guide us. In the name of Jesus, what we take for granted, you, you continually protect us from, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we lift our hands to you, God. And we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you don't know him, you need to receive him as your Savior today. Because once you receive him as your Savior, your guardian angels are are employed all over again. So if you're not saved, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I am a sinner, and I have committed sin. But I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Satan, I rebuke you. You are not my God. I belong to God right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you'd like to sow into this ministry, to our ministry, please follow the link on the page or mail it via USPS or United States Post Office to 2828 West Flint Street. And remember, next Sunday, we will be having a drive-in service at 11 a.m. Pull up, pull in service. And we're going we're gonna to celebrate God and how he kept us, even in the midst of the pandemic. We are going to just celebrate him outside in the building, and we're going to fill up the neighborhood with Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be in prayer for those who are, are bereaved, who are going through the Pastor Randall's family, Reverend OJ's family, and many others. Please be in prayer for our community, our city, our country, our nation. Please be in prayer for each other because it's tough. I ain't going to lie, it's not easy. Satan is trying his best to take us down. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So stand in the victory that Jesus got for us. And he'll provide for you. Let us not leave with malice in our hearts. But let us leave with love for one another. Let us leave with a prayer on our lips, not for ourselves, but for others. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the field. You are blessed coming in, and you are blessed going out. The enemy comes in one way, but he has to flee seven ways because you are blessed. And because you are blessed, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the lender and not the borrower. You are blessed. So I speak life to your family. I speak life to your finances. I speak life to your health. I speak life to your body, and I plead the blood of Jesus over you. Be blessed, and come join us next week, 11 a.m. on our parking lot, and believe God that we will have a beautiful day. In Jesus' name, be blessed.